Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, family? Welcome to the KBR Sports Podcast. You already know the best sports podcast of your 24-hour day. I appreciate you all for tuning into this rendition of the KBR Sports Podcast. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or become a follower of the podcast, which you can do by hitting the subscribe button. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, by hitting the follow button on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on SoundCloud, Spreaker, whatever method you want to use to keep up with the KBR Sports Podcast, you can use any of those different platforms to do so. So make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe on there and make sure you subscribe to the KBR Sports YouTube channel for even better video content by going to YouTube, hitting the notification bell and subscribing on there so you don't miss any future KBR Sports videos. And of course, guys, make sure you leave a review so that way you can show your support for the podcast. But guys, definitely appreciate you all for tuning into the podcast. And of course, don't I don't want to go amiss without mentioning that, of course, guys, you know the name of the podcast is going to be changing from KBR Sports to He's Always Right. So let's give a, a round of applause for that. It's always good to have change. You don't ever want to be stagnant. You want to always make sure things are flowing. You're always improving. And that name change and everything is going to be just the start of a little bit of a differences, a few differences in the podcast. So definitely excited about that, guys. I want to make sure I'm always notifying you all so you're not surprised when it does come. But... What a week, right? <laughs> what a week, what a weekend, y'all. What a great weekend. We had the opportunity this weekend to ring in my best friend Nick and his beautiful wife Katie and now who is officially a part of the Exposito family. So let's give up another round of applause for them guys. Give it up. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's real. That's real. <laughs> but it's all well deserved. They deserve it. Like nobody else's business. Nick, Katie, congratulations on your new marriage, man. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your honeymoon. Obviously, I'm living vicariously for you guys right now when you're looking at that sunny blue. That nice blue, clear water. You're seeing the nice animals out there that you can see. The water's so clear, you can see your own reflection in it. Water's so fine, you can see the animals do it to the bottom of it. Like there's times where you go to the beach, even down here in Florida, or if you're you're in the Carolinas, wherever you go, you only go in the water sometimes, man. It's so murky and stuff that you can't even tell what's on the bottom of the water with you. But nah, man, when you're when you're honeymooning, we're there honeymooning, guys. You walk outside, you you look out, you see nothing but clear blue water, and the water just, it's like it speaks to you. It's like look at me, like that's that's all it feels like. It's like talk to me. That's that's honestly the real live reaction to when you first walk out there and you go on a place as majestic as they're going i'm not putting everybody's location out there you know crazy people in the world so i don't put everybody's location out there but congrats y'all on your trip hopefully you guys do enjoy that but guys let's get down to some sports talk man because like i told you guys coming out of the weekend i knew now this isn't where i'm gonna i'm not gonna put a huge focus on this but i did tell you all that 
the Ravens were going to beat the Patriots. And so many people were so surprised when the Ravens came out and were able to put the whoopings on the Patriots. And really, the end score doesn't even indicate how dominant the Ravens were throughout the whole game, with it being 37 to 20. And I said it, like, you guys can hear the clip right here. Listen to it right here. I tell you guys. I was a little iffy on it a little bit, but I, I had the feeling that if any team was going to be best prepared to beat the Patriots, it was going to be the Ravens. Tune in right here. Listen to it. And the Patriots and the Ravens. This is the tough one. This is this is where it gets hard because leading up into this game, all you have been thinking about is, oh, well, this team is the perfect team, the perfect compilation of talent to knock off the Patriots. And... Now, when the time comes, it's like, well, do you would you really bet on somebody to beat the Patriots? But I don't think they're going to go undefeated. As good as that Patriots defense is, defense is, I just don't think they're going to go undefeated. And honestly, if if you're if you're asking a question about, it and you just want to make some money, you want to try and make some money, and you think this is the week that the Patriots could lose, I probably would tell you to go and bet the plus three and a half on the Ravens if you think the Ravens can win this game and I was I personally would take the money line at plus 165 for the Ravens and I'm going to take the over now one thing I will say is that the Ravens do get a bit of an upper hand with this win but but it also allows Bill Belichick to have his defense take a day take this game of tape to really study what did my team do wrong what did we not do to fully be prepared for this Lamar Jackson overall offensive attack and what the Ravens do essentially punching you in the throat when they come at you that's what the Ravens truthfully do whenever they play teams they they're not like the standard team that really likes to have the air raid offense no the Ravens are a team that genuinely enjoys punching teams in the mouth making guys get uncomfortable and bringing the fight to you making guys a little bit be on their toes a bit and that's really what how you beat the Patriots if you're able you think about all the teams in history that have ever knocked off the Patriots in the Super Bowl or knocked off the Patriots in any major fashion. All those teams had either pass rushes that could get to the quarterback and make it so Tom Brady had to move around in the pocket or they had the ability to just punch the Patriots defense in the mouth and make them really have to take a step back in order to try and respond by bringing their own level of physicality. And when they're not able to do that, that other team is able to dominate i.e. the Giants of 2007, the Giants of 2011, you have the Seahawks, you have these other teams that were able to give the Patriots bump and really make it a grind-out game with the Patriots and make them struggle, the Eagles, all these different forms of teams that were able to really give the Patriots some issues. And so when you look at the vintage teams that do really provide to, or prove to be issues for the Patriots, it does tend to be teams with those kind of templates and this Ravens team even though a lot of people still doubt Lamar Jackson's passing ability Lamar Jackson is not as pure a passer as a guy like Tom Brady as a guy like Aaron Rodgers guy like Drew Brees but what Lamar Jackson is is he's one of the most dynamic threats at the quarterback position which makes him relatively unguardable guys like I, I always try to just illustrate for people that I don't need you to be as accurate as Tom Brady. I don't need you to be as accurate as Drew Brees. I don't need you to be Aaron Rodgers. No, that's not what you need to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. What you need is a competent quarterback that knows how to play his role and a head coach that is aware aware enough to design an offense around that quarterback that will allow them to succeed. 
right? A lot of times we see the issues with these teams is that coaches and play callers are always trying to enforce their own desires of offense around these guys and fit these guys. They're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. That's what they always try to do with these quarterbacks. Just because they're like, well, we drafted this guy. We drafted a Cam Newton. We drafted a Lamar Jackson. We drafted a Colin. We took Colin Kaepernick. You take these guys that have a specific skill set, and then they prove to be successful with that skill set. And then you're like, you know what? The history of the NFL tells us that a passing quarterback is what wins Super Bowls. And yeah, in a lot of cases, that does. That is what wins Super Bowls. But how many quarterbacks do you have? For if you really want to do a case study about it, over the general t- course of time, how many quarterbacks have been athletic enough to be running threats that can act that, that you could take a bigger sample size and actually prove it is better to have a quarterback who's not a dual threat, who doesn't play as dual threat, as opposed to just having a guy that plays in the pocket. Now, there's a difference between a quarterback that just scrambles at first sight, like more so what Michael Vick would do a lot of the times. At first sight, versus a guy that knows how to make moves and play with his make plays with his feet and knows how to create up with his feet, but still keeps his eyes downfield to make the play downfield. You know what I mean? There is a there's a big difference when you're talking about the guys like the guys like Randall Cunningham, like the guys like Aaron Rodgers, the guys like Russell Wilson. There is a difference. Okay, and what Lamar Jackson is able to do, Lamar Jackson has been a problem for teams because he's not just solely looking to run all the time. Yeah, the Ravens know their skills. They know what their ability is and what their talent is with Lamar Jackson and that they're not going to try and limit him to becoming just a pocket passer because he is so much more than that when he's able to get out out in the field and run. He's able to damage a defense so much more than that because when a defense has practically everybody covered and that's a lot of times that's what quarterbacks pocket quarterback ends up taking a coverage sack because when guys in the secondary are covered, nobody can really get open or anything like that. You're forced to really just be like, okay, we're just instead of forcing a throw, you just take the sack and then you go on to the next down or you punt it. But when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is as as dynamic as can be and really has all phases of the game if you if he could just fully max out his passing ability his ability to be able to throw the football it would be it would be unstoppable because what you really have there is that then you have a guy that when even when those situations come where you have to account for a running back as an extra offensive weapon you have to account for this guy and that guy and then let alone the the quarterback can also be another threat that can come out of the backfield and outrun the whole entire defensive roster. I saw a stat the other day that Lamar Jackson is literally leading, I think the league it was in, in broken tackles. <laughs> That's an incredible stat. That is an incredible stat. And the fact of the matter being that he's just so elusive that if you don't, if Lamar Jackson isn't taking those hits, if he's not being forced to have to take on that contact and be opposed to all those hits, then he's aware enough to be able to just slide and be able to get down when necessary. Then you have something there. You really do have something there in terms of overall talent. You have a big guy. You have a really <laughs> a dilemma for most defensive coordinators because there's no way you really can scheme for a guy like Lamar Jackson unless you're full on just going to sell out to stopping the run 
and full out to just keeping multiple guys in the in the box. But the, what the Ravens have done is that they've gotten guys like Hollywood Brown. They've gotten guys like Mark Andrews. They've gotten actual viable passing weapons so that if you're going to sell out to stopping the run and committing guys to the box, and even though, even though you might commit guys to the box, Lamar Jackson still just somehow finds a way. And he has improved to the degree of, of, of his passing ability that he's able to make the passes that would lend you to loosening up the coverage. Even if you might game plan to say he won't beat us this many times throughout a game, Lamar Jackson's having a season comparable to that of Tom Brady in terms of efficiency, quarterback rating, pass rating. He's having a, a, a season comparable to Tom Brady, but if you ask most folks, the general stereotype is that he can't pass. It's just that he can't pass. To those that would say that, I would just say, maybe you need to watch more of the games. Maybe you just need to watch more of the games. I'm not, nobody is trying to make the case that Lamar Jackson is Tom Brady, Drew Brees, or any of the guys of that elk. But the case of the fact that he can make enough plays that he will beat your team, and that a lot of those plays that he will make that, that can beat your team are the crucial ones that really gut them. Because when we sit back and think about it, <laughs> now, I know Bill Belichick's one of the, the, he's the greatest mind in football. And when they come back, if they possibly face the Ravens again, you will you can guarantee there'll be a different defensive look that the Ravens will be seeing. But I think people are shortchanging just the viability of how the Ravens can make themselves look. The Ravens have the ability to have so many different looks just because of the fact of the dynamicness or the, the yeah, I think that's the word, <laughs> the dynamicness of Lamar Jackson's game. They have so many different looks that they can go to. And if you're telling me that Lamar Jackson's hitting on all his throws and all those different aspects of the game, you tell me how you guard this team. Because I don't know. I'm being dead serious with you guys. I really don't know. And I think people are still sleeping on them, not realizing just how viable this team is and how dangerous this Ravens team is. Because when you're looking at the standings and you're looking at the standings of each conference in the AFC, you look at it. The Ravens are leading the AFC North at six and two. Buffalo six and two as well in the AFC East, while the Patriots have the best record in the AFC with eight and one. Houston six and three. Kansas City six and three. The Colts are five and three. The Ravens, man, they're a problem. They're a problem, guys. I I genuinely mean that they're a problem, and I just don't think anybody should sleep on them by any means of the stretch of the imagination. I didn't even mean to spend this much time on the Ravens and talking about how much of a problem they are. But I genuinely felt as though I had to just go in depth with it because I feel as though there's still this stigma of people holding back on betting on the Ravens because they're just like, I don't trust Lamar Jackson. And if your thing is, oh, I don't trust Lamar Jackson, and it's just because you're doubting his passing ability, guys, of all the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls, half of your passing quarterbacks, the great guys that are able to pass the football... Most of those guys is normally the same cycle of guys that win Super Bowls. How many times have the Patriots been there in the last 17, 20 years that we're talking about here? How many of those Super Bowl teams that went there were led there on the back of that passing quarterback that you're talking about? Or were they led there on the back of a great defense? Like the 2012 Seattle Seahawks team that 
what, the team that ravaged the Denver Broncos and pretty much put them to shame, that Seahawks team, the Legion of Boom, Russell Wilson wasn't this passing force that would that had the Seahawks looking like an air raid offense. No, he was a game manager that played his role, and then this, the defense did their part in locking up the Broncos' historic offense. That's what it was. In a lot of these circumstances, all these guys that you you characterize as guys like you they all you have you need guys that can make the plays when they count but Lamar Jackson hasn't shown that he can't make it if anything he makes all the plays if, if there's anything I would attribute to Lamar Jackson's skill set I would say he's a playmaker which is the one thing that always questions me whenever or just gets in my head whenever I know people are just always just scrutinizing them I just don't get it I just don't get it but with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, let me transition to another guy who, for all I know, I mean, he receives just as much criticism as anybody else. And I'm not going to say I like none of it is deserved because his career has actually spanned over the course of almost 10 years. And that guy's going to be Cam Newton. And we got the news that, of course, the Panthers are going to be putting Cam Newton on IR. And is due to this foot injury that he's had dating back to earlier this year. He was even struggling with his issues with his shoulder last season in which he had off-season off surgery for. And with them putting him on IR, this pretty much ends Cam Newton's season. And before the injury, Cam had only missed three starts in seven years, guys. Like, that's a, that's a crazy feat. And when you're looking at the overall situation, he has... One year left on his contract, and he's scheduled for to make twenty-one point million against the twenty twenty salary cap for the Panthers. So let's say if the Panthers just did decide to move on from Cam after the season, it would clear nineteen point one million in cap space for them, which is pretty incredible. Now he's lost his eight, he lost eight straight games dating back to last season, so that's not the best. But I will say in defense of Cam. A lot of those games he was hurt for. He was playing through the injury, the shoulder injury, so he was just a less, far less efficient player. And including the first two or three games of this season, he was playing with the shoulder injury and the foot injury. Because he was still coming back from the shoulder, and then the foot was obviously nagging him, resulting in him now missing the rest of the season. And I know a lot of people, they're coming to a point where a lot of people are really questioning if it's time for them to move on from Cam and move to Kyle Allen. Which is a viable question because I think Kyle Allen, as a starter this season, he's five and one, with the one loss being to the San, the San Francisco 49ers. So I genuinely think that when we're looking at the situation for Cam Newton and how the Panthers should proceed, I think you have to look at his whole body of work, and I think it's important to see what realize what Cam Newton has been. I think a lot of people are now starting to feel it, think of. I think people are letting the most recent images of how they remember Cam fog their judgment, fog their memory of what Cam Newton was at his apex or even what he has been throughout the average of his career and what kind of production he gives you. Okay, so throughout his career, his career numbers here, he has a 68 
55 and one record. Okay. And when you're looking at his overall career numbers, his averages, he averages a 59.6 completion percentage. He has a total of 29,000 yards, 182 passing touchdowns, 108 interceptions, and an 86.1 passer rating. Okay, now since he was drafted in 2011, there are only eight quarterbacks with just as many wins as Cam or more. So pretty much only eight quarterbacks since 2011 when he was drafted have 68 wins or more. That being Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith, Matt Ryan, and Andy Dalton. And only Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Alex Smith did it in fewer games. Okay, so that's a, that just shows you that Cam has been one of the winning winning most quarterbacks since coming into the league. And you can, and if all, out of all those names, if I'm re- really listing off all those names of all those guys, really go through all the names on the list and tell me which guys, maybe aside from Andy Dalton, I say Andy Dalton's the main guy that I would say hasn't had better teams than Cam Newton. But besides that, which of these guys would you say, oh, yeah, Cam had a better team than this guy. He's always had better teams than this guy. So, of course, he should always perform better than that guy. Which of those guys would you really say that for? And of those guys, most of those guys on that list, yeah, you would you would probably say they are better than Cam Newton, right? Tom Brady, of course. Russell Wilson, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Drew Brees, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. The, the, the last three guys are the main guys that you're contending. Alex Smith. When was Alex Smith ever on a bad team? It feels like every 49ers team he was on, every Kansas City Chiefs team he was on, all his teams have been loaded. He hasn't been on a bad team since he got to Washington. That's it. Since he got to Washington, his own bad team, and then his leg blew up. But guys, outside of that, you're looking at guys like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had has had the most offensive talent, arguably, of anybody since coming into the league. When he had the likes of Julio Jones, Roddy White, all these different guys that he's had in lineups playing beside him as receiving targets, Devontae Freeman as his key running back and so on. Now, you can question the defense, but that's where you could have a lot of the same questions with camps. I'll say the bottom three guys are the main guys that you really have to pull into that question. And those guys even played more games than Cam to only have only about one to two more wins than Cam. Right. And then in the same vein, when you're looking at losses now, this is where you do have a little bit of Cam. You know, you got to kind of beat up on Cam a bit because in that same vein, only seven guys have lost more games, 55, than Cam in that same span. That being Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, and Eli Manning. So even the, those same guys that are on the winning list that I outlined for you, they're on the, they're in the same tier area where Cam Newton is in terms of losses. And they've lost more than Cam. Right? And... We got to really think about what Cam Newton has been able to do throughout his career because even in even when it comes to total touchdowns, how many touchdowns he scored in on the ground and passing, so many guys are always telling me, oh, yeah, I'll take the passing guy all the time. But of all those passing guys, the only guys on the list are guys that we legitimately know are better than Cam, that we're going to take over Cam without a doubt. And that's because they have proven commodities to have won Super Bowls. You're talking about Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger. Other than that, dude, it's a toss-up for me. I'm sorry. Matt Ryan? I, I, is he better? I don't know. I'd say him and Cam Newton about even for me. He's a more accurate passer, which might be why I would take him over Cam. But in terms of dynamicness and 
how much variability he brings to the game, I might take him. Just depending on what my roster's looking like. Because only six guys, six guys have more total touchdowns than Cam Newton since 2011. Drew Brees being number one, Tom Brady being two, Aaron Rodgers three, Phillip Rivers four, and Matt Ryan at five. Guess what? They've played more games too. So I'm just saying that it's it's not beyond it's not when we're talking about oh yeah bench him get rid of Cam Cam needs to be exiled out of Carolina people just seem to forget so quickly how like what a guy has done throughout the course of his career and what it really means when you're moving on from him in terms of like a city like Cam is synonymous with that area of Carolina if you think about all the great athletes that the, the Carolina area has had recently. Who's really been as synonymous with that area in terms of their sports teams than Cam Newton? Who's been a bigger face than Cam Newton? Kemba wasn't on that level, right? With the way that college sports works now, you might only get a college basketball player that's really a marquee guy at a school like UNC for one year. But besides that, all the marquee guys have been guys like Cam Newton, and that's about it. Now, Christian McCaffrey's making a name for himself in that same region, but besides that, Cam Newton has been the marquee athlete for that franchise and of that area. And when you choose to move on from a guy like Cam with that talent, who's a former MVP, who took that team to a Super Bowl, and so on, and he's really only had half a season, not even a full season to operate in this new offense by North Turner, where when he had played in that offense... Cam was playing, was, was his accuracy had improved. He was having one of the best seasons of his career, probably the best season since his MVP year. He was having a great year. But that shoulder, that shoulder injury is what derailed him to a, for a large part of why the, the team has fallen off or why he has fallen off. So I think it's, it's a little bit too premature to just see a guy that is playing well right now as a, as a backup role because Guys, if we would have went off of <laughs> how a guy performs as a backup, shoot, Matt Castle would have been a Hall of Famer with the way he was performing in Tom Brady's absence. But, you know, the infrastructure of the team, it's not always like if I if I take Cam Newton, I believe I can get that same production of Cam Newton no matter where I put him. I believe Kyle, Kyle Allen is performing at the level he's performing at right now because he has these pieces in Christian McCaffrey and so on around him. And what he's being asked of him to do. But you, when you watch the game, you realize, look, Kyle Allen's being asked right now. There's a difference between when a starting quarterback is playing a lot of times and when there's a backup. Because when there's a starting quarterback, starting quarterbacks are asked to go win the game and to not lose the game. They're asked to go make plays to win. And they're asked to make sure they don't turn the ball over to lose in the same vein. But when you're a backup quarterback and maybe the offensive playbook isn't as open for you or they're not depending on you as much to carry the offense you're just asked please just manage the game and make the safe throws make the plays that won't lose us the game that's all they ask of you and so those are the the differences you have to realize when you're watching the game and when you're deciding oh we're going to move on from this guy who has been the face of our franchise since 2011 for almost 10 years the face of our franchise we're going to move on from him that's what you have to realize. That's what the differences are. Okay? So, I just want to... I, I think so many people are just so quick to jump the gun. Like, oh, yeah, we got to get rid of camp. No! Because you you really have to just take into account the fact of, 
oh yeah, if we lose, if we <laughs> if we bail out on Cam Newton now, and then what we're stuck with Kyle, you just don't know what the what the peak of your team is. You have to see what a healthy Cam Newton looks like when he comes back. Because the worst part that you do is that you think that you have a bag of gold right now, and it honestly turns out to be a sack of bronze, and you let your true bag of gold that you have go win somewhere else. Because you want to know a place I bet you would love to have Cam Newton as their quarterback right now? Chicago Bears. You want to know a place I know they would love to have Cam Newton as their quarterback right now? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Even though they did say they will be starting Nick Foles once he returns back from injury over Gardner Minshew, so... That's a fact. I want to know a place I actually think would be entertaining to have Cam Newton as their quarterback right now since they can't protect their quarterback for squat. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Like These are all situations where if you just looked at, oh, we need a quarterback, you need this guy. You... There's just a difference, guys. There's a difference between MVP caliber talent. You don't just get rid of MVP caliber talent. You actually make sure... like. People give me all these scenarios of, oh, this guy got hurt, so this guy came and took his job. But was the guy that got his job taken an MVP caliber guy at the time? That's what you're asking. Everybody always gives me the Drew Bledsoe, the Tom Brady comparison. Those are two very different scenarios, guys. Two very different scenarios. So I just want... I, I we just we really just have to pump the brakes here, man. I think we really need to see a healthy Cam Newton. Now I think that when it comes to the cap situation, now that's where it gets interesting. Because when you're talking about a team you're possibly saving nineteen million dollars and money that you could possibly reinvest into your franchise, that's where the situation gets a little more tricky. But I, I just I just don't feel like I do my, my team a, a good enough service if I don't go and see Cam Newton in full health. I just don't know. I don't know. But all right, guys, it's going to wrap it up for this rendition of the KBR Sports Podcast. I appreciate you all for tuning into today's podcast. Make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe to the KBR Sports Podcast for more content such as this. And, of course, make sure you subscribe to the KBR Sports YouTube channel for more video video content in regards to the NFL, NBA, whatever else in the sports world pertaining around basketball, football, and so on. And make sure you guys go ahead and follow all the social media that are linked down in the description below. In terms of my Twitter and Instagram, you can just look up Brendan Abbott and, of course, it'll pop up. And, of course, if you guys have any questions or any comments, make sure you leave those down in the comment section below. Leave a review. Leave a rating. It's always appreciated, y'all. And make sure you guys go ahead, share the podcast to a friend, mention it to a friend, recommend it to a friend. It always helps getting more viewers, more listeners. Obviously, if you like the podcast, maybe somebody else will too. So make sure you guys go ahead and do that. And guys, of course, until next time, I am out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.